Y'all already know what's going on. Welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast, the Big Skill Podcast. I'm your host, DJ Burton. And on today's episode, got a nice little lineup going for y'all. I'm going to talk about the Masters uh, for a second. Then we got uh, division standings and predictions for the NFC and AFC West. Um, some news around the league. And then the Big Skill Player and Little Skill Players of the Week. Uh, let's get right into it. So to open her up, I'm going to talk about the Masters. Uh, shout out John Rahm. Uh, dude killed it. Very deserving of the green jacket. Um, however, his performance is not what I want to talk about from the Super Bowl of golf. What I want to talk about is uh, the concession prices and how they've stayed the same for so long. And how they're ridiculously cheap. Like, for example... Um, they have like $5 beers, $2 soft drinks, uh, $2 bottle of waters, $6 white wines, $1.50 peanuts, and $3 entrees. So like if you wanted like a uh, barbecue sandwich, it would be only $3. That's absolutely insane. They're killing it over there. And so that had me thinking, what does the Super Bowl charge for concessions? So after a little bit of research, I found that uh, this past Super Bowl, uh, they charged $16 for a beer, $12 for a soft drink, $12 for entrees like a burger, hot dog, that kind of thing, and $6.50 for a bottle of water. Whew, that is so much higher than uh, the Masters, and the Masters are honestly doing it right. They're genuinely taking care of their fans, and they understand that the tickets are already hard to get. So once the fans get there, uh, they're trying to ease up on their pocketbooks with that money. And uh, So why are the Masters so cheap? It's just because they want to stay near their roots. You know, They re- recognize that they wouldn't be where they are without the fans and the uh, spectators that come and watch the game. Um and so they try their best to provide a memorable experience for the spectators. And they also provide free parking in trying to do that. So moving on from the Masters, um, I got division standing predictions for next season. Um, I'm going to start off with the NFC West uh, on this episode. Um, the team that I have winning the NFC West are the 49ers. Uh, I have them going 13-4. and four. I believe that uh, whoever ends up being their starter will not affect the way their offense operates, and it will look like it hasn't skipped a beat. And if their starter does end up being Purdy, um, a second year of him in that offense, I think, will be very crucial for his success and will get them to where they need to be when it comes to postseason play. Um, I think they're going to keep being dominant, and I think Christian McCaffrey is going to take on a much larger role than he did last year. Uh, last year kind of felt limited uh, due to his late arrival with the team, but we can see him uh, and what he can do in that offense with a full off season of training. Uh, coming in second in the NFC West, I have the Seattle Seahawks. I have them going 10-7. and seven. Um I expect to see more of the same from last year from them. Um, I think Bobby Wagner coming back is going to be pretty big for him. I know he's older, slower, you know, 
old guy kind of coming home, but uh, he's still Bobby Wagner at the end of the day. I think Geno Smith is going to improve and uh, continue to get better and be the leader of that offense. Coming in at third, I have the Rams going 6-11. and 11. Um, I think uh, Stafford coming off of his injury is going to be big. But the loss of Wagner and Ramsey are going to prove insurmountable in the Rams' efforts to try and get back to the playoffs. I think they will go 6-11. and 11. Selling out all their picks to try and win now, I think, will is finally starting to bite them in the butt. Now that it's kind of getting close to time for a rebuild. But um, Sean McVay and the Rams' front office always seem to have... A trick up their sleeve, so we'll see how it goes. I don't think it will turn out very great for them. Uh, at the bottom of the division, I have the Cardinals going three and fourteen. I think it'll be a transition year. I think this will be a year uh, to see if they will keep Kyler or potentially move on for him or move on from him. And I think they will pick up speed momentum towards the end of the year, and uh, will be in a lot of close games that their record will not reflect at 3-14. and 14. Okay, now that we talked about the NFC West, uh, let's go ahead and dive into the AFC West. At the top of the division, um, I'm sure this one doesn't come as a surprise. I have the Chiefs going 14-3. and three. Um, I said that they were going to have a drop-off year last year due to the amount of receivers that they lost, but it seemed to not affect them at all, and... Learning my lesson from last year, I believe they will not be affected at all by the loss of their receivers this year. Um, I think it'll be a usual Chiefs season that we've seen so far. And like I said, I think the receivers will prove no issue. Coming in at second, I have the Chargers going 8-9. and nine. I believe they're just a stagnant team. You know, They don't really seem to be doing any moves to get better or making moves to get worse. So I think they will be roughly the same as what they were last year. Um, you know, they're just the Chargers of the Chargers, you know. And I have the Raiders coming in third at 5-12. and 12. I don't understand how you trade away Derek Carr and then bring in Jimmy Garoppolo and expect to have a better record the next year. They also traded away Darren Waller. Um, I think that will prove very harmful for that team and for that organization. I don't think they will have very much success. And I think Devontae Adams is starting to kick himself in the butt at this point next year. Um, like I said, I think they'll go 5-12. and 12. Coming in at last in the division, I have the Denver Broncos going 4-13. and 13. I think it'll be a transition year. Uh, I think Russell Wilson will be the issue over there. I think Sean Payton will try his best to get that team back on their feet. But Russ, I just think he's washed up. I think Russ um, had his best years under Coach Carroll. And there's a reason why he's never received an MVP vote. All right, moving on to the NFL news from the week. Um, we had a big move, uh, probably the biggest move of the offseason so far, maybe, kind of. No, I lied. It's not the biggest move of the offseason. <laughs> but Odo Beckham Jr. 
to the Ravens on a one-year $18 million deal. Um, I think that'll be big for the Ravens, considering last week I was going off about how they'd better off be, with their receivers, they'd be better off throwing the football at a wall and hoping that the wall would catch it. Um, Odell's one of those guys that is going to catch it. And if he can stay healthy, this could be one of the best signings in the league. Um, This also could be one of the best signings in the league because Lamar Jackson has been very involved in getting Odell there. So Odell may be Lamar bait just to try and keep him there. And so far it seems like it's kind of working. You know, he posted a picture of... Uh, him and Lamar on FaceTime or I don't know who posted it somebody posted a picture of Odell and Lamar on FaceTime and they both seemed very excited to be able to play together so I wouldn't be surprised if Lamar Jackson cancels his trade request we got some big time news out of Detroit Uh, Jeff Okuda former third overall pick from the 2020 NFL draft is going to the Atlanta Falcons for a fifth round pick. Um, when I saw this, I was like, what the heck? What? What's going on? Yeah, he had an off year last year, but it wasn't that bad. Um, so what I think is the issue that he had in Detroit, and the reason why Detroit wanted to move him, is because uh, they don't want to pay him what he believes he deserves. Um, his contract year is coming up soon, and so I figured they wouldn't want the headache of trying to deal with that and just moved him early. And I also think that he was traded because of injuries. He's been injured recently and the best ability is availability. So if somebody's not going to be available, may as well ship him off. Cam Newton is being Cam Newton again. Um, He's back on his crap. In other words, Uh, he released a list of quarterbacks that he'd be willing to play behind. That list includes the Browns, Deshaun Watson, uh, the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, the Bears, Justin Fields, the Dolphins, Tua Tagovailoa, uh, Malik Willis from the Titans, uh, Jalen Hurts, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, and Sam Howell with the Commanders? That's a little questionable. Uh, there are two names on there that I was like, what? But, um... You know, the young guys, I can understand the young guys. Uh, Justin Fields, Tua, you know, Jalen Hurts, uh, Malik Willis, Sam Howell. Those are all guys that he'd uh, be okay with mentoring, you know. He's an older guy, clearly can't play as well as he used to. Um, But he believes that he has things that he can still offer to the league. And that would be in the form of mentoring these young quarterbacks and getting them where they need to be. Um, then you have the established veterans like Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen. I'm sure he thinks those are just guys that would be really cool to play with. And then Malik Willis. I don't see why he would want to back up Malik Willis because he's not even the starter in Tennessee. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is still alive. I don't know if he realizes that. And he is still over Malik Willis on the depth chart. So, he would be third string over there if he did sign with the Titans, which I don't see happening. 
Um, he said he'd be willing to back up Sam Howell in Washington, which I think is pretty interesting because I don't know if Sam Howell's better than Cam. I think Cam could beat Sam Howell out. Um, now, Ron Rivera, Cam's former coach when he was with the Panthers, is the head coach of the Commanders. So I think that's why Sam Howell's on the list. But I'm not sure if he'd be willing to back him up. Buccaneers linebacker Devin White has uh, requested a trade. Um, he has his fifth year option coming up this year. Uh, that's what he's going to be playing on. And he became disgruntled with the Buccaneers for an undisclosed reason, but I believe it has something to do with his contract and where the team seems to be going with that. Um, it would be quite something to see where he ends up, if he ends up anywhere. But I would love to see him on the Packers, maybe the Texans. Then we got Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon is back in trouble once again. Um, he was recharged for a, an incident that occurred earlier this year. He's facing a misdemeanor aggravated menacing charge where he threatened and pointed a gun at a woman. Um, Joe Mixon has a history of this kind of thing. I don't know if you remember back when he was in college. Uh, he punched a woman at a bar and broke her jaw. Um, just recently, he shot at some kids for playing on his lawn. Um, yeah, dude just has a history of this kind of stuff, so it's not surprising seeing his name in the headlines anymore. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals move on from him, and that's why I think that they are a favorite to sign Ezekiel Elliott. So they can either move on from Joe Mixon or kind of ease off of the Joe Mixon train. Tyreek Hill recently announced plans to retire after his contract expires in 2025. At that point in time, he will be 31 years old. And he said he wants to dive into business and potentially gaming and streaming. Um, I know that's something that a lot of NFL players are trying to get into nowadays. Um, like Kurt Banker, he's more famous for being a streamer than an NFL player. It's crazy. Four-time All-Pro, seven-time Pro Bowler, and Super Bowl champ. Um, essentially said, don't be surprised if I retire in 2025. And... That would have been 10 years in the NFL form, and that's a good career. And I, I'm i happy to see guys with plans for after uh, the NFL. You know, that's not very common. Then we got Hendon Hooker. Um, Hendon Hooker, former Tennessee quarterback, uh, coming into the draft this year. Uh, he's turned heads, that's for sure. He's interviewed with a lot of teams. Um, he's quite the resume. Uh, he had 68 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, and 7,656 yards during his college career. Um, and his senior year, he was actually the Heisman frontrunner before he tore his ACL against South Carolina later in the year. Um, you know, many teams still have their doubts about him, despite his stats, his um, intangibles, everything that seems like what teams would want however the dude's 25 um that's lamar jackson's age and lamar jackson was taken in the 2018 draft 
So Lamar's near in five years in the league, while Tyre, while Hendon Hooker is just barely getting out of college. Um, something else that's kind of deterring teams is his injury. He tore his ACL late in the season, so that means he would not be available until late next season. A lot of people are also crediting his success to the team around him. Um, I noticed that while I was watching his tape, you know, um, a lot of the times his receivers would just be completely open. Um, it was it was quite fun to watch, actually, because even though his receivers were open most of the time, he'd put the ball in the perfect spot. Absolutely loved watching Hendon Hooker's tape. Um, with that being said, I believe he's a potential first router and I have a little bit of a hot take. I will admit that, but, um, I believe that he is the second best quarterback in this draft class. I think he's behind Bryce Young. I think he's uh, before CJ Stroud. I think if he did not, uh, tear his ACL, I think that wouldn't even be a debate. I think that would just be the truth. Coming up on Saturday, April 15th on CBS. Uh, there will be the Catch Saltwater Fishing Tournament uh, featuring a plethora of NFL players. Uh, a bunch of players are going to be competing. Um, those include Justin Herbert, Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, Dalvin Cook, Chris Jones, Quinnen Williams, DeAndre Hopkins, Matthew Judon, and Patrick Sertain II. Um... It'll be very interesting. It is a catch-and-release fishing tournament, and it will benefit the Coast Guard Foundation. So go and watch a bunch of guys uh, catch some fish and benefit a good cause. The last bit of news I wanted to talk about today is uh, the Panthers are going through a slight uniform change. Um, in 2020, when Nike started making the NFL's uniforms opposed to Reebok, uh, the Panthers blew... The Panthers' shade of blue was not in Nike's color book. And so, since then, they've been operating with a different shade of blue on their uniforms. Uh, the blue that should that they should be wearing and will be switching to wearing is called Process Blue, and it has been added since 2012. Uh, the Panthers have also announced a slight change to the jersey stripe on the shoulders. And they say they're doing that to increase the flexibility of the jerseys. The new jerseys will be refueled draft night uh, when the number one overall pick is holding up that draft day jersey with the number one on it. Wrapping up the NFL news for this week and the episode, we have the big skill and little skill players of the week. The big skill player of the week is going to be Russell Okung. Uh, he's a former tackle for the Seahawks, Broncos, Chargers, and Panthers. He played in the NFL for 10 years. Um, he owns his own Bitcoin brand, which I thought was kind of cool. And um, at the end of his playing days, he weighed 310 pounds. Uh, this week, he showed a photo on Twitter of him weighing roughly 220 pounds. He's lost 90 pounds since he retired, and he looks absolutely great. Um, absolutely love to see those li big linemen lose weight and get healthy. Absolutely love it. The little skill player of the week is Odell Beckham Jr. 
I have zero doubt in my mind that he will come back and be the Odell Beckham Jr. we all know and love and saw in that Super Bowl before he unfortunately got injured. Um, the player has had two ACL surgeries since 2019, which is absolutely terrible, and those are incredibly hard to come back from. So it just speaks to Odell's character that he's trying to come back again. Um, on the Ravens, he will automatically be wide receiver one. Um, they don't have a choice. They just don't have any targets other than him and Mark Andrews. And like I said, he gets to prove all the haters wrong. Um, absolutely love Odell, and I'm excited for this season for him. All right, so that wraps it up for this episode. Um, stay tuned for next week. We got new Big and Little Skill Players of the Week. Um, we'll cover all the news once again, and then we will have more division standing predictions. It will either be the East or the South. We could have a potential guest next week, uh, so stay tuned for that. I will definitely announce it beforehand. And I will also give my top five quarterbacks in the league uh, currently and top five all time. So stay tuned for that, and I will see you all next week. Thank you.